another episode of bad end podcast uh we have a four and a half star rating on itunes it's very exciting and i am joined as always by my two co-hosts uh i guess starting with josh oh hi i'm josh calixto <laughs> uh i write for kotaku.com is that it <laughs> that's all i do i was waiting for more superlatives yeah, i mean i've for rollingstone.com before and stuff but Oh, okay. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I'm Kyle. I write for no uh, video game publications right now. Um, however, I like to hate on all of them. Mm-hmm. But in my most of my time is spent. I'm a uh, programmer and game developer. Oh yeah, and I'm Katie McCarthy. I am a writer for USGamerNet.net and other places. And I'm just around all the time. Uh, I guess really active on Twitter. Yeah, I'm very. I'm verified, so I got that big blue check mark. Are you really verified? Yeah. What the hell? I've been verified for a while, dude. Shit. Dude, I've been official for a long ass time. Does anyone have to sunset my Katie McCarthy fake Twitter account? Yeah. Because I can just get you banned. Uh, But anyway, I guess nothing's really. It's been a pretty slow week week or couple of weeks for video games. I feel like not much has happened. Like before when we were discussing what to talk about today. And not a lot like came up. It's like not. It's been a pretty like dead. I feel week, like it's mostly. been like people brewing on Destiny two, and like just yeah. talking about hype cycles and like how excited they were for Destiny two, and like how it lived up to their expectations or didn't live up to their expectations, and that's been like two weeks of worth of video games. <laughs> just Destiny, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I it's guess just the, the rain like, drops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, I feel like people are have kind of abandoned PUBG in a way for Destiny, but I'm already seeing people drop off. Like, I've already kind of dropped off from Destiny uh, just because I had other games to play, and now I'm just like, oh, I think I want to go back. <laughs> like, I this is always, like, this is, like, the shit that I feel like gets, like, a ton. Like, it's, like, the initial people that can afford video games play this stuff, and then they stop playing it, and then, like, Christmas rolls around, and the communities just, like, skyrocket, and they yeah. get so much bigger. Because it's like, oh, I got uh, Destiny 2 for Christmas, and now I all I do is play Destiny 2. So, like, we're kind of in that lull right now where a lot of the games that people are going to want for Christmas are, like, already out. And it just needs that, like, bump of sales. Yeah, honestly, Destiny 2 is kind of, like, has the perfect formula for being, like, you know, like, those people that buy one game a year. So people buy, like, Call of Duty or, like, Battlefield or just, like, one Madden. game that has, like, a lot of gameplay value out of it. And Destiny just has so much shit, because uh, just, like, loot and stuff. I feel like I've hit this weird point where, like, I'm a high enough level where all the standard loot I get, like, has a level cap on it. And, like, if I want to get Legendary or Exotics, which is, like, the two top tier stuff, it's like, oh, well, I can complete these milestones, and then when those are gone every week, it's like, I can just hope for that stuff out in the world. Which is kind of feels like a gamble. It feels like I'm wasting my time in a way. 
And how many hours have you put into it? I want to say I wouldn't be surprised if it's over a hundred at this point. Jesus Christ, Dude, that's, that's where the insane. real destiny begins, yeah. though, man. Yeah, on, yeah. like honestly, destiny started. doesn't really begin until you beat the campaign, which the story is really bad. Like it's pretty. I almost miss like the hands-off, like boring approach they took last destiny. <laughs> this was just like kind of like stupid and like. It's like, yeah, there's a villain, and it's like, here's your hero's journey, but we're going to ignore the fact that you're only playing this game with other people. It's going to be just you, and it's really weird, the approach, because I feel like you would think they would capitalize on that aspect of it. You know, like, Destiny's like a multiplayer game, and you're yeah. playing that game with other people most of the time, but the story never touches on that fact. So only, like, you're the lone guardian with, like, the access to the light. But it's like, I'm not. I'm seeing so many running around next to me. Why don't you acknowledge that? Uh, oh, but God. Are you serious? That. Yeah, it's it's really silly to me that they would build this world that's meant to be shared with other players. And then the game doesn't actually talk about that ever. And it's really weird. Uh, especially when there's things like the raid, which are like designed to be played with five other players, like six people yeah. total. It's it's kind of like why why wouldn't you like is that like I feel like that would feel cooler. It's like oh yeah, me and my friends are saving the world, but it's like no, it's just you, dude. You're <laughs> the only one doing it. It's like no, I'm not. There's so many people around me. Is that the like I feel like a lot of people were talking about when that game came out that it was like removing all the bullshit of past destinies. Is that like or, or Destiny One? Is that part of it? Is like Oh, let's just make you not even try to make you feel like you're part of a team. Just like we don't have to beat around the yeah, bush here. I don't know. I feel like they're just trying to put a narrative in it, but they were just like the narrative's so weak. It's like you're basically getting your crew back together that got all scattered from like the tower getting destroyed. Uh, so it's like the basically every character, like the three main characters are like. The hallmarks for each class are like the warlock person and the titan person and the uh, hunter person. So you basically like go into all these different planets where they're like hanging out, doing their thing or whatever, uh, to get them back and basically re-recruit them. And then you guys all make a team and you're like, okay, we're going to go, you know, save the world. Like defeat the bad guy that destroyed our tower. And that's pretty much like, it's like a very straightforward thing, which is fine, but it just, like, I don't know. It, it was so boring. And it kind of bummed me out, and you can't skip cutscenes, so it's just like I was stuck watching it. Uh, I mean, I guess it was time for me to check my phone, but I don't know. It was weird. Like you would think, because I played half. I'd say I'd played half the. I played half the campaign alone, and the other half with friends, and it's just weird. Like it's like all the cutscenes are just one person, and they never acknowledge that you're like playing with other people. I feel like it would have been cooler if it was, like, a weird... If they somehow tied it into, like, oh, you guys are all, like, the last people with the light or whatever. You guys gotta go save us. And I feel like if they leaned more into that in, like, a non-traditional hero narrative, which is, like, basically all this campaign is just, like, traditional hero arc, I feel like it would have been pretty cool. Uh, but, I mean, I don't... After, at the end of the day, I feel like the campaign's not really important. Like, I don't really care. I'm not gonna go back to it. There's nothing to write home about. It's not, like... <laughs> The worst thing I've ever played is just, like, incredibly dull. What do you think will just, be the lasting legacy of Destiny 2 after having played it as much as you have? Uh, I feel like just going back to play with friends, I don't know. And then, like, the raids are, or the raid that's out right now is incredibly challenging, so I'm waiting until I'm a bit stronger to tackle it. 
Uh, and I feel like, and that they just add raids over time. And I feel, and those are like basically just giant set pieces, and they're like big puzzles in themselves, and they're they're pretty cool. Um, so are they like? Do they like cycle or something, or they is it just like that's what's out right now, and they'll add a new one eventually, or is it like Splatoon, like no, oh this map is now out? I have no idea actually. Uh, I feel like it's a cycle thing. Uh, but I'm not positive on that. It might just be a thing where they have, there's like, oh, and here's this other one out. I know they're like adding a harder difficulty for the current map, uh, or the current raid, like next month or something. So, and they're doing the expansion, I think, at the end of this year. So it's like, there'll probably be a raid with that too. So it, I feel like it would be like a thing where it's always around and they just add on top of it. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how Destiny ones went about that. Uh, but. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot, there's always shit to do in that game. It's kind of like a time sinker. Like, that's pretty much what it's designed for. It's like, Destiny wants to be a part of your everyday life, and that's definitely what it feels like when you play it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I think I'm mostly done with it. I'm, I was thinking about playing some snakes I haven't played in like a couple weeks, but yeah. You should I don't be know. glad you don't have kids. <laughs> because then Destiny 2 would be impossible for you to play. That's very true. And Destiny, I consider Destiny 2 to be my kids, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. It's like, that's what, that's what I really want out of children is uh, this kind of, like, repetitive experience with just dealing with them all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some really good... I get, uh, I get alerts on my phone when they're <laughs> sick. I get to do stuff with my kids and my friends. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really, it's really, a, honestly, it's like, you know, that's my, my destiny is my child. <laughs> Mine too, man. I mean... <laughs> I, uh, KDD. But what are of what we're it seems like there's just not much else to say about Destiny at this point. It's like what the hell? I I, th I I've said it all. Yeah, we've all said it all, haven't we? I mean, I think what's gonna what's gonna happen is that it's gonna people are gonna stop playing it. It's gonna come out on PC. And then yeah, PC. I feel new, like it's gonna be huge. Honestly, it's gonna be big. There's gonna be a lot of new memes that people mm -hmm. are gonna get into, and it's gonna make people want to play Destiny again. Yeah, honestly, that's, that's my theory. I think PC is gonna be like the that's gonna be the place to play. Uh, just because yeah. PC uh, and PC players tend to stick with games longer. I feel like console, it's harder for console games to stick in a way with the multiplayer audience. I feel like PC games like have that accessibility in a way that console games don't. Because it's like, oh, I have to sit on the couch and get comfy. And PC is like, you just flick it on and you're good to go, basically. But then you gotta like update your drivers. Yeah, I guess like, that's oh, true. Like, I mean, PCs I like actually technically suck, in my opinion, because I just hate my PCs. A piece of crap though and i'm too lazy to get a but the, at the same one. time like the pcs where you go to do work that's where you go to do your yeah. grinding that's where you come back every I've, day and you yeah. do your hustle like, yeah every PC, day you sit PC's down like you get legit. your light levels you get your guns <laughs> you go to zool's <laughs> shop or whatever the do fuck your dailies your your zool your i don't know that dude the dude with the hood yeah he looks like the guy from like resident evil 4 that sells you shit what does he what say? He's selling? like, you want some... What do you sell? What do you have? What do you have? Yeah. What do you say? That's the dude. Um, I played some... I think it's also like... Well, I was going to say one last thing about Destiny 2 is like, I think that there's a lot of people on PC that are like, I'm going to get Destiny 2. But then the fact that on PC, it's going to be part of that Blizzard launcher. So it's going to be sitting next to mm. like Hearthstone, Starcraft, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch. Like you can get a lot of cross-pollination where people are going to be like, oh... This is they're having a free weekend because I own Overwatch and now I can play Destiny just right here on the same thing. 
I'll give it a go. So I think you're going to have a lot of that kind of like continual engagement. Like I know I think about Starcraft 2 like 85% more just because when I go to play Overwatch, it's the icons right Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, it's true. Lives in that in-house environment. Um, Lives in that unified experience. Thanks, Blizzard. I'm sure we'll talk about it for five minutes when it launches on PC. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. For now, I've been playing some Mario and Rabbids, Kingdom Rush. And again, this is it just really drives home my Switch thing, which is that like people keep asking, like, what's the point of buying a Switch? And like people who don't get it and stuff like that. And it's like Mario and Rabbids is a game that works like twice as much because it exists on the Switch. Like if this was a Wii U game, it would be like a, a neat curiosity, kind of interesting. But on Switch, it's like so dope, dude, because like I brought it on the plane. I'm in Southern California right now. Um, I brought it on the plane. It's like the perfect game to play on the, pl- the plane. It's it's like an Advance Wars type turn-based um, RPG. Um, really low stakes feel to it. I don't really know how else to describe it except like parts of it feel like really unpolished. Like not unpolished, but just uh, like they they weren't trying to make like the next huge game, you know? It was just like yeah. they had their limits. They had them set and they put the Nintendo and Ubisoft polish on it. But it's just not that ambitious of a game. So, um, but that's like kind of all you really need for the Switch, you know? I, you know, I bring it home, put it on the dock, play a cut, like play one or two little rounds. Um, and it is just as appropriate on the plane to play because, like, you just play one or two of those things, take a little break. Turning off the system, like, with the little button at the top, just like, or in sleep mode or whatever, is like such a that's some it's so yeah, nice dude. man it's like it's like it's a better experience than like just turning your phone on to sleep yeah. mode you just press it and it's like powers You're down right in the exact, no safe states or any crap like that it's like yeah it's it's kind of it's incredible. like super underrated part of the console too like a lot of other consoles don't do that you have to watch the startup bullshit or like even if you have mm-hmm. it on sleep mode there's like a couple seconds ramping up time and like all that stuff and there's just way more commitment i'm like yeah i'm perpetually surprised by yeah that. it's so good um and you're, yeah, I am perpetually surprised by it too, where like you'll press a button and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot how easy it is just to like play a game again. And it like brings me back. Yeah, to it's the... like I'd left, pick out where I left off and yeah. it feels good. And convenient. I think it was like. Yeah, no, no you okay. go ahead. Yeah, there's a, I think it was on an article in Gama Sutra earlier this week where I want to say it was Suda51 was basically, he was saying that he saw uh, the Switch as Nintendo kind of releasing like a punk console to some degree where they're like here's this thing we're not gonna like try to sell you on it with like a we would like to play sort of like ad campaign or like i think the most they did was when they were kind of advertising one two switch with like using all the quote-unquote gimmicks but they're kind of just like here's this thing it runs really well it's got a great experience it's like a hundred percent about the video games on this console they're like do whatever and they seem to be like already sort of grabbing some really interesting indies as well as kind of really cultivating this like first party thing. So where I've said this before, but it feels like kind of every game that comes out to the Switch feels like a must buy where it's like this kind of big game after big game. Like I, I really want to play Rabbids, but I haven't got it yet. But it's like it seems like the next one to get. And so it's kind of got this cadence of uh, console releases that invite you to play it, but also has this like kind of robust indie ecosystem that's growing that kind of begs you to engage with it as well. Well, and now so, with the pick... I, I, really, I really like it. With the pick cross announcement that they just make it, it's like, that's oh a freaking God. Yeah. DS Oh my God. You know, and 
if they had just announced this for the Wii U, it would be like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like that, that will be interesting. But you wouldn't want to sit down and play, you know, on your couch and play Pit Cross for 24 hours straight. Like maybe, I mean, you know, I'm sure you'd hop back into it every Some once of in a us. while. But <laughs> it just has way more appeal on the Switch because you can do whatever you want with it and access both the handheld. Yeah, it's like you take it on the, yeah, yeah. Like take it on the plane. Mm-hmm. And it's like co-op too. It's like yeah. it's so many like interesting ideas. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Like hearing, I think they've, they've done co-op in the past on a couple of Picross games. I can't remember which ones specifically, but I don't know. It's, it's like super exciting because I already only played the Switch exclusively portable, and I feel like I've been needing or wanting like a puzzle game like that. Uh, like the only rhythm game I really have is Voez, which kind of like fills the same like slot in my life of like something I can just pick up and play randomly. Uh, so I'm really excited about Picross S, I think it is called, uh, coming to the Switch next week, which is super fast. Like there's like, oh yeah, and it's out next week, and it's eight bucks. It's like cool, I'll get it day one. Yeah, about that cadence thing. Like they do have, they do seem to be releasing stuff at a much faster pace than yeah. you would expect. Um, and it doesn't feel. I mean, again, like what, like what I'm saying is like if they had announced this for the Wii U, it'd be like, yeah, it's just more pit cross, you know, but it's exciting on this console because of the context. Um, and I think that 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 context is adding a lot to the the system, not to mention like they announced like they're going to release Doom on this thing, which is also Doom. Yeah. like that's a new one. Um, and I'm hoping that's, that w- that was totally unexpected. Yeah. Uh, also, Wolfenstein's coming. It's oh, like, really? OK. The yeah, new Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein too. Yeah, yeah. it was a whole like end thing at the direction. Shit. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. But like, that's just like going be. all in. Wow. And they're doing <laughs> Skyrim. I honestly, I honestly think like I think there's gonna be a huge Skyrim resurgence. I'm like surprised yeah. that the, like the pulse on that seems like pretty positive. Where people are like, oh yeah, I'd love to play Skyrim on the go. Honestly, I think that will be huge like i feel like ev- so many people are just gonna get it just because of skyrim but i feel like the fact that it's portable that's gonna change like shit you know uh if only they had that mod that makes it go up because that mario would be really cool nipples guys mario's nipples mm-hmm. also mario i got like stu- i got so mad during that nintendo direct because i've been such a fan of fantasy star online uh oh, yeah. and i played pso2 like in Japanese with an English patch, like four years, three or four years ago. And at the fucking Nintendo Direct, they announced PSO2 for Switch, but only in Japan. Only in Japan. I'm like, what? Like this game has not come to America for like four years, despite having like a pretty dedicated base in the United States that haven't had a good game since the GameCube games. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's so close. Like, oh, yeah. like if they can bring every fucking version of Monster Hunter over, like, give us Fantasy Dude, Star. I think this might They're... be Monster Hunter's chance to come to the U.S. too, as far as, like, to make mm. it in the U.S. Yeah. You think so? I don't know. I mean, it was on, I think it did pretty well on the Wii, but... But no, it was on the Wii U, but it had that, like, crazy weird D-pad controller or something. Yeah, plus it was the Wii U. I don't know. And it was the Wii U, but like it, also, I think there was a good, there was a good one on 3DS, I think as well, but or DS, I don't know. I yeah. had some friends that were like really into Monster Hunter and would always play this yeah. game, but yeah. I mean, bring some more JRPG shit over, man. I'm so down. Octopath Traveler, what up? <laughs> yeah. Also, they in the Nintendo Direct in Japan, they announced a new style savvy game for Japan only so far, which is 
Not for 3D, not for Switch yet. I really want a style savvy on Switch because that'll be amazing and it'll look really good. But so it's still for 3DS. But man, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I want that. Is it, isn't the Switch? Okay, I feel like when they had first announced it, they said it was region free. Yeah, it I is. Assume, I mean, that so, doesn't mean they're. So you could still buy it, which is dope. So you'll still be able to buy Fast Star Online too. I don't know about like online capabilities and that jazz because you'll be in America, and I don't know if they'll have servers out here. Or something like Joke's that. Joke's on you. I'm moving to Japan just for Fancy Star Online too. Oh, okay. Then you're all good. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So no worries. I got it covered. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, also, or, I'm trying to think of games I've played that weren't Destiny recently. Uh, I played Danganronpa V3, which is the third mainline entry in uh, Danganronpa, the Danganronpa series, but it's not a proper three. Uh, it's there's a V in front of it because Dongropa Three is technically an anime, so it's like it's very confusing through a line of like the sequence of Dongropa games. Uh, but have you guys ever played a Dongropa? I game? have no clue what it even is, and I hear about it all the time, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is all this? I know is that like bear meme, the like black and white bear with the eyes. Yeah, that's all I know about Dongropa. Uh, oh, I don't think you can see behind me. I have a stuffed animal of Monokuma in my my house right behind me. Uh, but, yeah, so, I guess to give a vague explanation of what the series is, because it's super weird, uh, and describing it out loud sounds kind of crazy, uh, but it's based, so it's a visual novel series, so, at, like, the core of it is it's a visual novel, uh, but it's also a series of murder mysteries, so basically it's like a detective game, so... How it begins is usually there's like 16 students and they're in a school and they usually have amnesia, but they're, they all have these like abilities. So they have these ultimate abilities and they're usually like famous for these like things. So there's like in this past game, there's like one person's like an ultimate pianist and like was really good at piano and was famous for it. Uh, but then there's also a character's like ultimate uh entomologist and is really into bugs and basically tarzan and it's just like really weird so there's like a bunch of really strange very distinct characters uh like in the setting and then they quickly get told by a robotic killer bear that they're in the killing game and they basically have to murder each other to get free uh so basically the I guess the scenario is that um, if two people survive by the end of the killing game, then they get to go free because you can't have a trial with two people. So that's like the big thing is like trials are how you convict a murderer. Uh, but if you if someone gets murdered and someone successfully can go through a class trial and not be convicted or like pointed out as the killer, then they get to go free and then everyone else there is executed. So, like, the whole class will be executed. So, it's, like, this very tense and grim, like, scenario. There's, like, stuff going on, like, out around it and stuff. But that's, that's like, the core thread for, like, all three games. Uh, and V3 is very different and very good, in my opinion. I don't think it's as good as 2. I really love 2. Uh, but it's still pretty strong. And I feel like it's going to be super divisive in the community because... It does some, like, pretty crazy shit. Like, it, it's a really... I feel like the only thing I would compare it to this year is, like, Nier Automata, where it just kind of, like, really messes with the franchise itself and, like, what it means to be a creator. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I imagine it'll be a controversial game for a lot of people. I think it's out Tuesday. Uh, 
but I recommend playing it if you're into that series at all. Or if you're into, like, detective games, uh, check it out. Or if you're into the Zero Escape games, check it out. Like, I feel like those kind of go hand-in-hand, those two series, because they're both super, like, yeah. dark, but they have really good characters and good character development and just, like... Is it, like, a horror-type really, like, vibe, or is it more relaxed than, like, Zero... Uh, whatever the hell those games I wouldn't called. call it horror. Um, there's, like, definitely like a poppiness to it. Like, all the murder... Like, there's no... Like, all the blood is, like, hot pink. So, like, all the crime scenes, like, look kind of, like, cartoonish in a way because, like, neon pink blood. Uh, but it's, like, still, like, grim because you're, like, investigating murders, literally. Uh, and yeah. I don't know. It, I think the game's really good at making it feel like you can't really trust everyone because a lot of the how the trials, like, go, they, they're very tense. And it's, like, you're basically using all the evidence you've collected in your investigations to, like, throw in your friends' faces and a lot of times like trials do not go the way you'd expect and then it's like oh shit like this person murdered this person that's crazy and then it, it's really i don't know i really love that that series is really cool because it's there's really nothing else like it uh which is why i dig them and i'm glad that v- i end up liking v3 because uh it's been a while since the last game i think the last game came out like PSP and then Vita later in like 2012 so it's been like five years it's been like a long ass time huh. but yeah uh they're weird games what system is it but on? I recommend them. uh this one's on PS4 Vita and PC so oh. I wish I played it on Vita because I played the past two on Vita but I played it on PS4 so what you yeah. gonna do those games would be really good on Switch because they're visual novels. I like perfect. Phoenix Wright, baby. <laughs> yeah, like they're kind of like they're kind of sounds like Phoenix Wright. They're kind of that, but the trials are way different. They're not like the same at all. Like the tri- how the trials are positioned and like the stuff you do in the trials is like way different. But it is semi similar, like in theory. Some of the objections and stuff look really similar. Like the the flash screen, it's like oh, like object, and it's like it's similar in that yeah. aspect, but like definite ha- like the moment to moment of them is way different so what's the uh what's the lore of the bear um it's a spoiler you have to what really yeah that's like part of the like, mystery you... well i mean you find that on like Every the first time? game really well the the first game like l- lays it all out the whole story what yeah you guys ever watch uh knights of sidonia <laughs> no the anime, the anime? Yeah, there's like a bear in it, no. and they don't like. You're like, why is this like? It's like a talking bear, and you're just like, why is there a talking bear here? And it just doesn't really explain it. <laughs> it sounds like anime. It's weird because like everyone's I mean, a human, like... and it's like just a talking bear, and you're like, she's just another character. They call her by like her name. Yeah. You're like, why is she a bear, no, Josh? No, because she's a cute toy, and you can buy it and get it out of a. It's just it's like machine. A, a realistic looking I mean, bear that talks even persona like <laughs> describes their animal characters like they have a reasoning to be there you know like teddy and morgana they have backgrounds and like history yeah maybe i don't They're know enough just... about the sidonia no kishi uh lore um but she's a bear so <laughs> good for her <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know um anybody else play anything interesting dude i I've been going hard recently in Breath of the Wild. Did you already beat it though, right? Did you when already was, beat it? No, dude. I definitely I played a lot of it, and then I did the Tribeca thing, and I kind of stopped oh, yeah. playing it because I was like super busy. And then 
it's hard to get back into it like deep yeah but i've been kind of playing it uh like every other day or so and it's just it's so good like like i having played so much of that game already i mean when i say so much it's probably like 30 or 40 hours but even then it feels like i had this great experience and i go back to it and i haven't i still haven't discovered like all the provinces and like there's a ton of stuff i haven't done yet but it i don't know it feels it feels the most like like reading a really big novel or something than any game has ever felt to me before where it's like you can go back and kind of get your bearings and then you can explore and like experience stuff and you can kind of check out and it's kind of still there for you and i've never had an experience with a game besides maybe like some of the bethesda stuff but it's 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 like it's so welcoming when you come back it's it's not like a ton of stats and stuff the like their quests are pretty simple and it's just so easy to just get back in there and be like I'm going to go exploring and like that can just be a fun experience like aided by the fact that we were just talking about the like ease of just playing a game on the switch. You just kind of like pop it on, turn it on, go run around, like do a quest and you can just easily like spend like three hours in there and it's so, it's just so good. It's so, so, so good. Make sure you um, do the Terrytown quest, man. I know. I just got to Akala. Okay. So I think it's close. Nice. Yeah. I just spent like, I spent a ton of time. I've like not done stuff in order at all, um, but I'm starting to kind There's of get no back on order, track. I don't think. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like the most non-linear type of game ever. And there's, I mean, there's definitely like parts of it where it's like you shouldn't be here because you're gonna die. Yeah. Um, like don't like go to the castle of, until you're like. Yeah, like I seriously, I did like a sprint to Central High Roll oh. to like get the tower and just like ran away. And I was like, I can't hang. Yeah, right now. like there's so many. Like once you know to deal with guardians are really easy, but like. There was one time I like went over there by accident, and I was like, "I shouldn't be here." <laughs> so it's like, like a yeah, mistake. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting so, to check it back up that. on it now because, you know, I feel like the the way people see a game it really cools down over time, and with mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, I feel like I, we had a lot of people who, at least I know that, were kind of like lukewarm on it or like thought it was boring or slow or whatever, and I personally think that that's like they're scrubs probably, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> they it's just like you just gotta get yeah, good they no not just that they gotta get good it's like it's like reading comprehension skills you know what i'm saying it's like reading tolstoy <laughs> and not liking it or like reading you know just any russian lit and not digging it you know um <laughs> there's just something else to it that not everyone's gonna understand and they're wrong um but with breath of the wild i'm glad to hear that you know at least for you it's still holding up and just the way that you're talking about it, it's kind of making you remember you know what it's a good it's a good game and yeah it's a good i game. might jump back into it yeah i mean it's like I, I already see like a ton of like there's already like repeated enemies and stuff but it seems like so much of that stuff is just not the point in the game where it's like yeah oh there's a lionel and he's scary and like, oh, those the high knocks and it's scary but so much of my experience with the game is just like taking it in really slow and kind of really deeply exploring every area before moving on so that every time i experience a new area it's like it's totally new because i've i'm kind of despite like not being on track i've been very good about not going too far outside of like places that i've discovered so i just like like super super groom through everything i've been in to the point where i've got like 80 korok seeds but i've only talked to hestu like three times or something so just like turning over every rock before moving on it, it just it makes it feel like so full and like when i have a combat experience it's like that's the that's in the minority of things that I do versus just running around and fighting. It's like, I'll explore for two hours and like, Oh, I'll fight some, uh, 
some like bobokins or something and that's like fine but it's just not the point yeah and i feel like it's easy to say like oh i wish the game was capable of surprising me more or like that it that it did this thing more that there was more enemy types but it's like the point at which you're saying that shit is like you've already put 100 hours into the game like you've already been surprised so many times you know when i think of it now it's like damn i wish like there was a few more moments of just raw, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like when you first see those labyrinths or something like that, or when you like first find this secret dungeon type thing. And then, you know, you start doing more of these things and then it starts to feel formulaic and you start wishing that like it was less formulaic or that there was like less of a pattern that you start to see emerge because it feels like it's starting to break the illusion and you're starting to see like game design in a world where otherwise everything is like so handcrafted. But it's like, to get to that point, you've already seen so much like awesome shit that you just start like overlooking it. And I feel like that's kind of unfair to the game as a whole. Yeah, I definitely, because I, I feel like at this point, as someone who beat the main stuff, got all the memories, did a whole bunch of shrines, like did so much shit, I, I feel like I have nothing to go back to at this point until the DLC. And I'm fine with that. Like, I don't. I don't, I'm not the type of person that's like, I need to do every single shrine. I need to like do every single one, literally. Like, I, I, I feel like I did enough. I found some really cool shit. Like, I feel like I got a really good experience out of it, you know? Like, I, I, ha- I feel like going back to it, it wouldn't be as enjoyable, in my opinion, because I feel like I've already seen all the best stuff and experienced all what that can be experienced as a first first timer. Because so I feel like that's really... The strong suit of that game is experiencing it for the first time. Like, you can't really go back and replay it. And, like, I mean, you'll still have fun with it, I can see. But, like, it won't be as, like, wow, there's, like, a dragon on top of this mountain. That's insane. Like, you won't get those, like, awe-inspiring moments anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I I mean, I'm still... I still have problems. Like, the, I feel like the main story stuff, like, the main... Dun- the big dungeons are kind of weak, but... I mean, the voice acting is still shitty. Like, don't yeah. give me that stuff. Is you bad. can switch to Japanese now, though. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, you yeah. should totally do that. You should do that. Uh, especially if you haven't beaten it yet. Like, you can actually experience that. I didn't get to. <laughs> that came. I think late. I found like two memories or something. So I've got plenty. Of yeah, I, I actually like the memories. Like, I like the story that's there. It's just like there's not enough of it, and the dungeons are too short. And I, as I, as had prop like. It didn't feel Zelda-y for me uh, enough, which is, like, I really love really intricate dungeons, and I really love really cool boss fights, and I feel like Breath of the Wild had neither of those. Uh, but I still really love that game, and I feel like it's the best open world, maybe, ever? Or one of the best, at least? Uh, it's up there. It's, yeah, it's pretty up there. Like, like, just exploring and finding stuff and being, like, genuinely amazed and surprised. I feel like breath of the wild did that in a way no other game really has before uh and yeah like i i I don't think i'm gonna go back to it anytime soon uh but it's good to hear that like you're still enjoying it kyle like even after like months and months after the hype's like way died down and shit you know yeah it's it's like it's it, it feels definitely like a book in the sense where i just return to it and it's like comfortable and it's still interesting and like um I'm doing it at a pace for stuff that feels like new and I'm like outside of like the discourse now. So it feels like I can kind of better form my own opinions about what's going on. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's nice to return to and um, it's, yeah, it's just, it remains perpetually interesting. And like the yeah. game is just like pretty and fun to be in. Like yeah. even, if it, even if I'm seeing all the same shit, it's like one time I'll like go up some mountain where I went up a different way than I did before. And it just looks interesting and like, Oh, there's a dope path that I can, 
um, ski on my shield down. And so it's like stuff like that. Just being inside of the world is like fun and exciting and like pleasant to be around to the point where it's like, oh, like when I see the surprising stuff, it's like, oh, that's super, super cool. But I'm glad that my experience of the game is not defined by those moments. And I'm able to kind of just like exist otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a that's a good point. It's kind of like making your own fun in a way, you know. It's like you're just yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah, especially because like I I'm like a bit like a pretty big Zelda fan. And I've played like almost all the Zelda games, so it feels really refreshing to be able to like I don't know when I, when I was playing it recently, I was just thinking about how um, like in like the pre like the like older older Zelda games, like you would have these terms like you know Zora's Domain or like Gerudo Valley or. Uh, like Hyrule Field and like in reality it was you know like four screens on an NES or mm. like in the N64 it was you know maybe five minutes to go from one into the other and then to see this like almost like zooming in on those initial ideas where you're like no like Grudo Valley is like a huge fucking valley and Hyrule Field is like a like a big field in front of Hyrule Castle and so like to see these ideas kind of mature over time and like be inside of that and like see this like ultimate expression so far of these initial ideas that were kind of seeded, you know, 30 years ago without ever even thinking that it would look like this is super, super, super cool. Um, and so yeah, I just, yeah, I enjoy it. It's, it's super fun. And it's, uh, I will continue to return to it, especially once the DLC hits. So yeah, I'm enjoying playing it right now. They didn't. One thing I was annoyed about with the Nintendo Direct that happened a couple weeks ago is they didn't announce a date. They announced a date for the Amiibo, but they didn't announce a date for the actual DLC. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I hope that's still coming out this year, like they said. Like, like made me kind of worried that they wouldn't be. They're like, well, the Amiibo is coming out like November 10th, but DLCs eventually. It's like, what you Maybe said this year? <laughs> yeah. So I hope that's soon because I, I do want to like hop back in, but I want a reason to because I feel like it, if I just hop back in, I might be a little board i think uh yeah i also have like no idea the scale of the stuff they're talking about like yeah. they described it as like a new quest and it's like is that 50 hours of quest or is that like it's a dungeon with a story attached to it you know, yeah the, i could see it being like a dungeon the size of the quest in the original really in the original breath of the wild or any indication that could be you know 100 hours like the first quest you get <laughs> defeat ganon <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah. oh yeah just do it that's one quest oh, right there oh, okay yeah um that, it would be cool if it's like a actual super long thing that would be super dope. dope uh i get the sense like i feel like you might do a thing where you go back in time and, that's like, what the, fight that's the vibe battle. i'm getting too yeah which would be like so so and they could cool. easily really hide cool. shit in that world too where it was like oh this was here all along you just never discovered it type thing you know oh that'd be crazy or like the like the Bethesda DLC thing where like every single person you talk to is like, have you heard of that vampire tower that appeared <laughs> off the coast? And you're like, why does everybody know about this now? Well, it's like when or like some guy runs up to you and gives you a letter and they're like, go to the east. That's that's kind of like how the Witcher's DLC was. It's just like you in, oh, the, yeah. in your like game, your save file is just like, oh, like you should go. Like I picked up a thing, I think from like a bulletin board and it was like a notice and it was like, oh, you should probably go like Toussaint and like check out this shit. And I was like, I guess I'll go to Toussaint. Now. And you're like, wait, was this here uh, the whole time <laughs> with some of those yeah, pieces? I was like, wait, wasn't this the uh, Hearts of Stone one? There was like a new section yeah. that it was like. Yeah, it just like opens right about, which time. is kind of weird. Yeah, it's yeah. really strange. Because um, I didn't notice it was new. Because like, like The Witcher 3 is really big, but it is kind of samey and like it's visual design and stuff. Yeah. Uh, or a lot of it is. So I didn't realize it was new until like. 
I was like thinking about. I was like, I've never. This is totally all new stuff. Like, it's, like this like haunted house was never here before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it gets kind of wild. Uh, but I like I like when expansions and DLC are kind of like integrated into the game you already have in a way. I think that's pretty cool. All right, real quick, what's your favorite DLC of any game ever? Ooh, Hearts of Stone, Witcher I- Three. Thank you. Yeah, I'd say I'd probably say Hearts really? of Stone Damn. or Left Behind. I really like Left Behind from Last of Us. Also, that's a good one. But Hearts of Stone is really. I feel like Hearts of Stone is really. It's cool like better than the OG like a, game. Yeah, the story is like really tight. It's like a nice ten hours. It's like really funny, yeah. but it's also like really sad mm-hmm. at, at times. And I feel like I actually cared about the secondary characters. Where I mean, I do in like three. Like I care about Siri and like Yennefer and like Triss but you know like I feel like good yeah the choices that you actually make like toward the end of the game feel like they actually make sense and they're not like just shoehorned in good or evil type thing it's good yeah Hearts of Stone's really good uh I need I I'm sad so I started playing Blood and Wine like after that uh before I got distracted with other games as always happens with Witcher uh but (laughs) I don't know, like, Blend Wine's story just, like, has not grabbed me in the way that Hearts of Stones did, so I, I feel like that's kind of why I bounced off of it. Like, the new areas, like, new area is super pretty, but it's just, like, kind of boring, which is, is not... Is it, like, supposed to be, like, like downbeat, like, you're just chilling kind yeah. of thing? No, I... kind of. You're, like, solving, like, va- a vampire mystery, but it's, like, not endearing in the way the Hearts of Stones story was, or even the main campaigns was. Yeah. It's more so laid it's back, kind of for sure. There. Yeah, like, the last thing I remember doing was I participated in this tourney for this dude. Oh, yeah, I did And then, I, yeah, like, there's some woman there that was, like, secretly a bird creature. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. remember what it was. Oh, and that, that yeah. Class. That was, classic story like of that. Boy Meets Bird. That was cute. I feel like that was the one thing I remember that I've done in that whole DLC so far, and I think I sunk, like, 20 hours so far in it, so it's, like, the quest was nice. I sunk a <laughs> decent chunk of time, and that's, like, I remember one thing about it. Oh, and some dude like painted me, and that was kind of fun. Uh, but I was like, uh, like I meet, met up with this painter, and he's like, "You're so beautiful, I want to paint you." And then we went, and then I had to fight dudes, and then he painted me, and it's a really funny painting. But anyway, uh, Blood and Wine's like slightly underwhelming compared to Hearts of Stone, I guess. But Hearts of Stone's really good, really good DLC. Kyle, arguably better than most games ever. Brood War, <laughs> Starcraft Brood War. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like Brood War is really good, but that's like yeah, an expansion. It's not I feel DLC. like it's different. Yeah. What is your answer then? Mine has to be um, Artorias of the Abyss for Dark Souls One. Mm. It's just like it's so. I mean, I mean, I haven't played Witcher Three yet, so I can't speak on Blood and Wine. But of DLC that I've ex- like experienced, it's got to be that campaign. Like that's just it's like so tied together. How amazing Dark Souls was is in like so many you ways gotta play witcher dude um like from like gotta a, get that yeah you gotta play witcher it's so good I know, man but i just i love that dark souls vibe like it's just it's just so whole hog into like the style and the theming and like that expansion like expands on all this like stuff that was hinted at in the main campaign and then like i don't know it's just it feels like you're actually like descending into this like dark fucking place um that's like just super super cool uh, my other my other vote is the uh, the train simulator Christmas DLC, <laughs> where you get to drive around a toy train 
Oh yeah. And I love I love seasonal content, man. So uh, really good. I I think Forza had like a Hot Wheels expansion this year or DLC pack, which sounds what? really fun. Uh, what the hell? But I don't. That just reminds me that Forza so. Seven demo just came out, and I'm like so stoked to have a real Forza game and not have to buy an Xbox. Oh, yeah, yeah cuz it'll be on PC. That's crazy. I'm like I'm like legit excited for that cuz I there's like there's never been a good PC racing game like ever. Like Project Cars people shut up. That game's not good. <laughs> like I'm so stoked to get like a Assetto real Corsa. Forza game that's like licensed cars, like good driving, like beautiful tracks. Like I'm so stoked for this. So I probably actually maybe play that after this podcast is <laughs> over. Uh yeah, Project Cars 2 I think just came out. Kyle, if you want to pick that up. Nope. Pass. <laughs> Waiting for Forza. You guys want to take a break? Uh, yeah, let's take, a break. let's take a break. when you're gaming when you get really heated and you just like yeah you just things happen and you can't even control it like ah you'll say something and you're just so pissed off and then afterwards you're like oh man i just had a heated gaming moment you guys ever happened i don't do to you guys? i just don't get mad when i play video games mm. i like it's swear like, but i i feel like i'm still like i feel like i would still say normal it's like normal like oh you bitch but i don't say it to like strangers (laughs) you know it's more like i'm just angry uh Mm. and i'm a woman so it's okay that's good for Uh, you yeah (laughs) that's like i will say nothing nothing fucking tilts me more than somebody maining hanzo and overwatch Mm. There's mm. just something something in my body That's just me. goes off. I just do that to annoy people on Capetus, I get so honestly. angry because it's like, they'll just go and pick Hanzo and stay Hanzo the whole time. And they're like, no, 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 don't worry. It's DPS. I'm like, fuck you. Change your character. Let me be Widowmaker. Like, get off Hanzo. And they and like it's without fail, they always suck at Hanzo. And so it's not <laughs> like, I would be like, I would be fine if someone played Hanzo and like they like got their ult and like they were good at it. But like, so many people that just beeline for Hanzo as soon as they're the character select just like suck. And I get so, I oh mean, I just, that makes me angry more than anything. I had uh, a pretty heated gaming moment the other day where <laughs> tell I was at more. the arcade. Um, Wait, what? I was at the arcade and. Again, uh, I, what? What dude, arcade? It's called Round One. There's arcades here in Southern California. Oh, Round Ones are great. Yeah, there's yeah, still arcades in Southern California fun. and they're actually popping as hell. It's dope. But, yeah, they import a lot of Japanese games. Like they have oh, Project Diva on Project Diva, deck, and it's great. Freaking Groove Coaster with the freaking hell yeah, things. yeah. Final Fantasy Theatre yeah. Rhythm, uh, DDR Pump It Up or whatever the heck the ones with the diagonal ones are. Dude, yeah, there's kids like on K-pop those ones. who are yeah. like they hold the back thing and then they just like oh yeah. that's fucking pro level. One guy there was in fucking gym clothes, dude. This guy was wearing gym. Hell clothes. yeah, that dude's there. They're last the time I dude, last time I was there like last year, there was people set up with fucking folding chairs 
and they were like sitting around the machine. I'm like, dude, these people must be spending like like $150 tonight just to play fucking DDR. But they're like, they're good now. It's it's pretty impressive. It's like great workout. Anyway, speaking of heated gaming moments, I was there, hopped on the DDR, okay, and the I started doing one of my favorite songs from DDR Second Mix, which is Butterfly. Um, it's like yeah, you know that song. And yes, I was doing it on basic, <laughs> except the right button was out. So like you would press it and it would stay pressed and you couldn't press it again. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? I was about to go and like complain to the manager or something. I got like so heated and I, like it was a workout. So it was pretty crazy. And your girl was there and you were like, you're like, no, I, I promise I I'm like, getting this one. She's babe, like, whatever, Josh. Whatever, I got Josh. this. Trust me. It's their fault. I got, don't worry. Babe, <laughs> I'm better than this. But I was like, like the local, the locals like walk by and they're like, yeah, the button's stuck, dude. You got to press it this weird way. It works every <laughs> you gotta time. You got to use your heel, it. bro. It's the only way it Duh. works. I, I, um, what's, you know, what's crazy though, just past the heated gaming moment just that I just discussed there. Um, I played like a song called Afro Nova that I used to be really good at. It was like riding a bike. I haven't played DDR in years. And I like legit was just I did the whole thing. I was like, damn! I just turned twenty eight and I'm and I play DDR like a freaking still killing. Like I've been playing it for a couple weeks at least. That's that's how Captain Jack is for me. Oh, Uh, dude, yes, yeah, Captain Jack. Like I feel like yeah, like I I feel like my feet. It's just like muscle memory in a way. It's just like I know. It's really and once you like know Uh, the strats of like, for instance, people the ultimate novice mistake a friend of mine named justin would admit justin Grote was making this mistake ex classic fucking at rollingstone.com um he like he does a thing where like you press a button and then return the foot to the middle immediately oh yeah so never that's like no dude it's like you can't you're gonna no no you're gonna have a bad time if you do that you gotta keep your foot there if it's relevant or you know, a lot of it is set up, just making sure your stance is right, making sure that you're prepped to move, you know, to the next thing. Yeah. You're looking at the screen. You got that foot eye cord. And you take some time. Um, and I got a little heated. I do a lot of watching jumping. Him play. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big hopper. hopper. Like, I just hop mm-hmm. around. That's yeah. a good one. Hopping's good. <laughs> but I got a little heated watching him, too. Um, another heated gaming moment I had, um, I, like, I was, when I'm playing uh, Hearthstone the other day and, like, someone top decked a really bullshit card and like they won um i got this thing where like i was playing arena mode and then there's this like legendary card called Deathwing, where when you play it it's like this really huge card and it wipes the entire board um except you have to discard your whole hand to use it so this guy plays it like and we're like really far in the game so he discards his whole hand he wipes the whole board i was like about to win and then he has a freaking Deathwing on the board that i couldn't take care of and then I, like, played a couple shitty cards. And then he plays a fucking Lich King, which is another legendary card, which is, like, really hard to get in the Carson Arena mode. And so it was, like, impossible to come back. And I just conceded. It was, like, I got super heated. I was, like, that's... I even said out loud. I couldn't even control it. I was, like, that's such bullshit. Um, that kind of thing. I'm literally just picturing, like, a ve- you sitting very quietly and just, like, slowly just getting more upset and very silently saying, like, that's bullshit. bullshit. Now, this is, Taking this is off headphones. This is like, like bullshit. Bullshit. Josh bullshit. is like, listen, Josh, man, you're very much like a game dad. When I play games with you, like, you want to win. And you're like, you're pretty fucking good at video games, too. 
So like if someone else is dragging the game down, you start like doling out advice and you're like, let's make this happen. And I feel like a lot of your heating gaming moments aren't because like you fucked up. It's because like you're playing with someone you're like, fuck, what the? You know how I was hard on you, okay? In Rocket League, I know you're you're discussing Rocket League here. We're talking about no, 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 Rocket League, and like I feel like you made me probably not want to play Battle Right anymore because we were playing. And I was like, oh. dude, man, let's just play the game. We've been playing for like three hours, and Josh was like, give me strats, and I'm like, dude, we both have about the same playtime right now. And I was like, so. All right, guys. So what I'm hearing is Josh is a backseat gamer. No, look. <laughs> He's like, give me the controls. Give me the let me let me do it. Give me the controls. Give me control. All right, so <laughs> I think we're starting to uncover my heated gaming moment triggers. Um, one of which is, you know, being paired with friends who I want to make better, but I can't. You mean our incompetence, <laughs> like Kyle? <laughs> You know, I'm playing with, it's like when you know, I playing with Kyle, who's a, um, a, you know, a proven MOBA hater, and playing a MOBA-style <laughs> game with him. It's it's tough, you know, and I, you know, this happened to me just yesterday. I was playing Brother, or uh, Brother, I was playing um, Heroes of the Storm with my brother, who never plays MOBAs, and, you know, he was like, hey, you should play a couple matches so I could, like, see what you're doing, all this stuff. I was like, yeah, sure. And, like, I got, like, player of... I got MVP both games. I, like, destroyed because I'm, like, ridiculously good at Heroes of the Storm. Everyone else like, that game sucks. And then he starts playing, and he's, like, just doing stuff where I'm, like... Ugh. I'm, like, use your abilities. I'm, like... I was, like, no, don't worry, man. It happens. Like, when people start playing this game, they don't use their abilities because they're, like, so, trying so hard to, like, just make sure that they're clicking right, and they're just, like, paying attention to the clicking. I was, like, I did this when I started, too. But then, like, he kept on not using his abilities, and I was just like, "Use your abilities! Use your abilities! Use your abilities! Do it! This Do is like it. that's why I say Josh is like game dad because he's definitely like on the sidelines watching his son up for bat. He's like, "Come on, son, hit the ball!" He's like, "Just, just swung," and he comes back home and, de- and arms Kim's down. Like, Josh, did I do arms good? down, chief? And Josh is like, "Keep Josh your arms like, down." Mm, should have hit that ball, man. Should have. You should just keep using your abilities, next time. kid. <laughs> Miss every <laughs> shot you don't take. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, I always forget, you know, it took me months to learn these skills and abilities and how to do it. And I even told him, I was like, what I was doing just then is like takes a while to learn, like learning, mo- learning, because this is such a true thing, which is like learning the basic ways to control a MOBA takes like, it's like if you had never touched a first person shooter or something before, like it would take you days. It's like trying to control Splatoon 2. To- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would take you like days, if not weeks to pick up you know a new first person game if you've never played something like that before especially like a first person shooter so moba is like the same thing you have to get used to the control scheme like just because you played starcraft before doesn't mean you're gonna know how to control a moba um it's just such a different beast and people don't know what the fuck they're doing and then they think that they do but it's like you do it takes time to learn like it's not just something you're gonna know like how come people are so good at this like because they know how like the basics of how it controls and you don't um <laughs> anyway, you know, yeah, like they know they're too. People get heated. Um, I think it's natural to respond, you know, in some ways. You know, people have these like gut reactions. Um, for me, as Kyle's saying here, as we're starting to reveal about myself, it's um, when I'm playing with friends and I, you know, I'm a little strict <laughs> and I want them to be better. For some people, you know, you have these like these moments where you just say like 
racial racial involved slurs um, that demean entire uh, people's existences and have deep rooted history in the United States of America um, that you know you're not supposed to say under any circumstances, especially if you're like in a certain social standing or like you have a certain amount of influence and they just can't control it and um multiple times and you just gotta apologize and be like i'm not gonna do it again and then just do it two weeks later and then it's like how are you gonna stop that how are you gonna control that that's just what happens you know (laughs) that's a good point joshua yeah um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be blatant about this but uh fuck pewdiepie or whatever the fuck his name is uh i feel like in situations of being if he did moments I totally swear, I say things that, like, I regret, but I feel like it also, in a way, it shows, like, if you say something that hateful, if you say, like, a racial slur or something equally bad, I feel like, and if you say it, like, super maliciously, so it's, like, in that video where he says it very clearly, he says it, and they equates it to being an asshole, so it's, like, well, you're saying it in a negative connotation, you're not saying it like, I feel like when I have heated gaming moments where I, like, say bitch or something, it's usually in, like, a joking way. It's, I'm usually, I feel like I I don't say anything maliciously, or I try not to, at least. And it's usually when I'm watching someone else play a game, and it's, like, I'm, I'm totally a backseat gamer type of person where I get really frustrated watching someone struggle with a game or something. Um, but... I don't know. Yeah, you guys remember like weird, when Lee Alexander said gamers are over, and then like everyone, like the internet, like lost its shit because they were like, <laughs> oh, I "How this. could you say something about the people <laughs> that you're writing for? Like, you have offended us all. You've offended our honor as gamers, and you should not be doing this." <laughs> and then, like years later PewDiePie says like just multiple racial slurs on stream multiple times and they're like and it's like oh it's fine it's just like come on like it's just it's just an outburst like sometimes like you just say unacceptable (sighs) things a lot the thing about this whole thing is like okay I kind of here's how here's my Josh's take I feel like (laughs) we're waiting for this I feel like I feel like there's probably a lot of people who do who will will do something similar to what PewDiePie does. Um and I I know this because I you know I'm related to people who like do that shit or or like I've had friends who will like say similar things. And I think it's like I think to an extent it's like you're going to be like is this person a racist for doing this like or is this person like unsalvageable for doing this no probably not you know you can i think it's right to call them out like if you have this kind of person in your life who says something like well you probably just shouldn't like say such bad things in such a an offhanded fashion you know but then there's like this opposite like sjw based line of reasoning of people who sorry to use the phrase sjw but i'm using it as shorthand here for people who like they they saw that like oh you could be like Hey, like the internet mob just wants to see people fired and like they just want blood type shit where it's like you act as if you're coming out of com- like a place of compassion, but it's like such bullshit because you're literally defending a a white dude 
who's who says the n word with a hard r on stream like you look at yourself dude you look like an asshole and you are an asshole for doing this like just be re be real here let's be realistic um and like yeah this like you could say this guy should probably be uh you know put out of his position of power because when you're in a position like that and you're a public figure like your your actions have consequences it's like if i was to go into work and call someone an asshole to their face i would get fired like someone would yeah and rightfully so if i was to say the if i was to say something like pewdiepie has said on these streams i would immediately be fired so would the people who are complaining that people want this guy out of a job like it's such bullshit like just look at yourself look at what you're defending and realize that you are a complete piece of shit okay <laughs> and being hypocritical being totally it's, hypocritical. it's literally like this in any other job someone would be fired for this but also i mean it's like also when you look at celebrities like movie stars or actors or actresses even and stuff it's like there are actors in like places of power that have said either one racist shit or two have like sexually harassed like people or sexually abused people and they're still in places of power and it's it's just like I mean, it's it's almost like there's like a different set of rules for famous people because people will they have like an army of people they don't even know about like defending them at every turn and it's really strange uh, and sad. Yeah, because they become this well, ideological like it's, it's symbol like of like the... I should be able to say the this word in the privacy of my own home, therefore this person yeah. should be able to do it in front of a billion people or whatever. <laughs> uh... Also, like I think it's it's like. YouTube makes a ton of money from this dude, so it's not like, it's like it's one thing to like, hey, like ban PewDiePie, like yeah, fucking get that dude off YouTube. But then YouTube is like, he brings us a ton of views to all of our ads, like every day. Like he's one of like, I'm sure there's like a, like a non-nominal amount of money that PewDiePie brings in for YouTube that they're like, uh, fuck, uh, if we lose this guy, then we lose a lot of our ad revenue. So it's like, there's definitely like, there's totally like, obviously you should get a lot of these people off these platforms because you're just giving them a voice, but then like other things are at stake in which they're like, well, like, I don't know, maybe we'll just give them a few strikes or something. And yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, that dude sucks. It's like a shitty situation. And it's like, what's frustrating? And if not, YouTube will be somewhere else, you know? Yeah. It's like, what's frustrating is like, this is not the first time this has happened. Like, he's done bad... He said the same stuff before. He's done other, like, hateful shit. And it's just like, why is this dude still have a platform? And why do... And and it sucks because the audience is so young. So it just, like, makes me worried for, like, the kids that watch him that are going to think this type of shit's okay. And it sucks. Like, I don't know. Like, I know my, like, younger cousins are into, like, Minecraft. And, like, I hope no, if they watch Minecraft <laughs> videos, like, I hope no, those people are saying shit like that. It's, like... Here's what I... Here's... I want to give a little constructive advice here for for our listeners, which is, if you're someone who is, you know, the cool 20-something cousin or older sibling to a young and, uh, you know, malleable gamer who's out there watching YouTube videos, and I know this because... I have a little brother, you know, of my own who's currently watching YouTube and stuff. Just like, just be like, yo, like, do you, who do you watch? Like, what do you watch? Like, oh, if you like, just like say something, have some, this is like the new birds and the bees type shit where it's like, if someone tells you that one race is better than another, 
don't listen to him, okay, okay, little guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's called Nazi. That's like called Nazis, okay. Um, and don't don't listen to what they have to say. Just like just do that because a lot of times they'll listen to you and they'll like respect what you have to say and uh and they'll realize that hey maybe there's like another way and this is like different than if they're hearing it from their parents or something um they, they actually probably won't hear it from their parents because usually 99 percent of the time these kids parents their are gonna have no, no clue like what they're watching or whatever but um just assume yeah that... my mom had no idea about the forums i used to go oh. on and like guy online and that shit like <laughs> yeah <laughs> just assume that they're watching this shit and that they're watching at least one youtuber who's on the verge of coming out as like a straight up nazi like the, that one don't tread on me guy who was like who like got really mad about like diversity in games or something like that um, <laughs> and was like women are like cool. i like women but like also bitches suck like th- like that that kind of dude where it's like oh i'm so edgy okay yeah like <laughs> like i getting <laughs> turd dude Oh my god! Uh, How do these I was totally gonna say something, and I totally forgot who it was. God. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like a weird thing because it, it does feel like there's like a different set of rules that apply to people who are have giant audiences. Like, look at Woody Allen; he's making movies, but he like molested his daughter and like married his like stepdaughter, and like he's just like a gross dude in general. <laughs> and look at that dude; he's still making movies and still working with like famous a-list actresses like Sean Emma spicer and it's like, went to the emmys the other night yeah it's like what the <laughs> f- Ugh, it's just like really frustrating uh and like i don't know and even like people like roman polanski who still like gets like critical praise for his movie it's like you know she's like raped a girl like a while like that's why it's not in the u.s uh and i feel like that's kind of how i see in a way it's similar to how i'm seeing like the stuff with youtubers or even like louis ck recently like louis ck's been in a lot of uh controversy the comedian uh because he has been outed as sexually harassing other female comedians and it's it's like really sad uh but it's also like a thing where it's like a lot of people are just gonna turn a blind eye because he's like louis ck because he's like one of the top comedians in the world right now uh and like with youtubers it's just like people are like yeah, like, they should just apologize and move on, and then they'll just repeat the process, like, endlessly. And it's just, like, I don't understand why we just keep giving these people a pass when they have proven that they shouldn't be in the public eye time and time again. And I think part of it also has to do with the fact that they just become famous, random, like, almost overnight. It's like, or I mean, they take time building up their audiences, obviously, but I feel like in a lot of cases, these are young people who probably haven't worked many service jobs or haven't been in, like, the workforce as we know it. And then all of a sudden, they're in the spotlight, and they didn't really have, like, that life experience in a way. They're just, like, thrust as being, like, a celebrity. I feel like there's this other layer of it, which is that there's a market for this, which is... Yeah. If PewDiePie says this, like, some word on stream, if he, like, low-key, like, makes some Nazi statements on his stream... Um, but like he doesn't actually like you know target people for harassment or he doesn't actually like commit a hate crime outright he's in this spot where like yeah he's the center of controversy controversy yeah he's an asshole but he also you know what can you actually do to the guy 
um, besides like tell someone else to stop watching him. Except that yeah. every time you hear about PewDiePie, it's because he did something shitty and racist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's that's what that's <laughs> yeah. how like, literally how these people start like making their money and how they start like getting people to watch them is like, oh, we need to fa- manufacture another controversy because that's just the way that mm-hmm. the internet works right now. Like this is like. This is what happens to all of these people. And the funny thing is that, like, the entire Gamergate started when people were like, these people just, like, they just, like, make this big thing out of outrage online. And, like, Anita Sarkeesian is just asking, robbing people of money because she, you know, she just wants to be outraged or whatever. Um, Except these people are doing, like, literally the exact same thing. Except instead of, like, calling people out and complaining about, like, things that they see wrong with the world that can be improved, they're just, like stirring up controversy by like you know saying racist shit it's like a slippery slope between like gamer dumb and like fascism yeah it's like defending people that are saying bad shit to the point that you're like memeing about saying bad shit and then you start believing it and then you start doing it it's like this is like not a road that you want to be on but like so many people find themselves on the same path and that's why you get all this like dumb shit on the internet right now i i want to leave you guys with this one thing that actually just happened to me yesterday and is i'm i was honestly uh kind of shocked by this uh, and i kind of forgotten about it until just now but um so a couple years ago like there was this dude online who uh, i had followed because like i used to work with him at somewhere where i used to work i don't really want to like go into details about it but he started posting like super edgy stuff on facebook and he'd just be like oh like people uh, who like want to censor people for using the n-word and stuff like and he actually like typed it out and shit like and he's like he's like a white dude who's like just trying to be like edgy and talk about how freedom of speech is like i have the right to say this blah 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 and it's like what the hell is wrong like i had hopped into that dude's comments and like gotten into arguments with the guy like more times than i can count and after that i just unfriended him i was just like i'm not doing this is so stupid like what an edge lord ass what i do who's like he thinks he's just like making some grand statement about like political correctness (laughs) and like freedom of speech when you're really just like you're being an edge lord asshole so i unfriended him forgot about it and then like a day or two later like he sends me this like massive message saying like you know what i'm you know, I thought that you might be one of the few people who, like, I could talk, <laughs> who, like, I could disagree with, like, oh in a God. civil way, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, if you're not going to be open to, like, other people's perspective, he, he went on this long tirade. I and hate that This was shit. in 2014, okay? And I responded with, like, some long thing. I was like, dude, I was like, I just don't want your shit in my timeline. It's annoying. And I was, I, this is what I said. I was like... I just don't want to hear it. I was just like, I just don't feel like exhausting my time and effort watching you be an edgelord in my, in my freaking feed. Yesterday, three years later, <laughs> he's been sitting dude, on it. <laughs> he sends me a message. I had forgotten about this guy. And I think what he had done is like, he had changed his Facebook name to something else and I think he's gotten like fully Nazi Stormfront indoctrinated or some shit because like he called me a straight up he he called me an n-word like and he was like you need to stop acting like such a and I was like dude what I'm just thinking like what the hell is going on and I know he sent I, I was like thinking maybe this was like it got he sent this to me right after and then, like, it just didn't send for three years or something. Like, got Facebook <laughs> got their wires crossed. But he, 
it, I know it was from recently because he was like, you know, and the, this is what the Google memo shows. The tide is turning, blah, blah, blah. This dude cited the <laughs> Google memo from one asshole Google employee who got fucking fired for, like, saying that women are genetically inferior, basically. Um, and it's like, man, that shit was, I was just like, this guy is so mad, dude. And and he, like, is from the corner of the internet. And he's gotten to the point in the last three years where he feels, where he's, like, still got this personal vendetta against one brown dude who offended him three years ago that he has to hop in his freaking <laughs> DMs and call him straight to his face. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you're freaking insane. <sighs> it That's freaking crazy. freaks me out, man, but... Uh, that's where we are these days. Um, and I mean, this happens to people. It happens to women. It happens to minorities. Uh, it happens. Um, it just happened to me. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm brown or like I, if you yeah. felt more comfortable like, I've had to because I'm brown. Unfriend people. Yeah. Listen, you guys should try being white men. You know, it's just, it's so easy out here for us. You guys <laughs> are really the prime uh, target. I imagine it's um, great. <laughs> everyone wants to, you know, just take you down you know i know it's so hard every, every day left and right people are just against me you know <laughs> you might understand you know you would understand if you were a white guy how hard it is out here it's just like i feel like people don't really get that like this shit happens too you know like yeah. it doesn't like you have to see it or like you have to like lay witness it to it to understand that like this shit exists and like it's nuts it's nuts it's crazy. No, yeah, like, I I feel like I've had to unfriend a lot of people in the past year just because I feel like this election just brought out all the shitheads from, like, high school that I just didn't know were shitheads <laughs> until now. And it's, like, it's just, like, makes me upset. So I'm just going to start unfriend. I guess, like, unfriended, like, so many people, like, over the past year. And just, like, in family members, too, where I'm, like, well, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to fight. Like, I, I've gone a few fights, like, Facebook fights, and I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm just going to Yeah, I just don't want to talk about this politics with you fools, like, just anymore, dude. Yeah, it's like it's it's like talking to a brick wall. It's like, they know they're right. They are racist in their ideals, and they'll never break out of that. And it's, like, fair. And, like, a little bit misogynistic sometimes, too. And it's like, I'm, like, I'm chill mm. with not dealing with those type of people and surrounding myself with people that care about other people, because that's how we all should be, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, that got a little... Are you guys... <laughs> are you guys good? I think, I'm good. I think we're good. Thanks for listening. This is Bad End Podcast. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, in the meantime, if you like what you're listening to, rate us and review us on iTunes. Uh, like us on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Bad End Podcast. Uh, and our email is badendpod at gmail.com. We will see you later. Oh, we did get... Wait, we did get... We got we got one email message. I got to oh read. Oh, my God. Oh, really? From, from, from a friend of the show, I, I should say. Oh. He says, Bad End Podcast Power Rankings. Number one, Katie with a K. Number two, Kyle Cuckstool. Number three through 16, all the left behind young Christian books. Number 17, Josh. So just keep that in oh mind. Oh my God. What? So what? Why, Why is Josh so last? Well, because there's so... 16 left behind Christian books. What? <laughs>
This is bullshit, dude. <laughs> also, we got some really nice iTunes reviews. Uh, I'd like to thank anyone who wrote any nice reviews for us. We really appreciate it. Just you write guys. a review. It's so easy. And you get, like, we've gotten some really nice reviews. So thank you for those. We hope you're still enjoying listening to us. Uh, we enjoy talking into microphones for you. So yeah, thank you for to Bob Juan or Bob H Juan and uh, notify me not. Sorry for notifying you about. <laughs> we read your message. We just notified you, dude. Sorry. Have a great See week. Remember that? I'm you all of them. When you're about to pull the time, I'm you all of them.